Good evening. Tonight is Thursday night, August 27th, and I don't want anyone to be confused. This is mining the riches of the Parsha, but it has been transformed into a different title for the next few weeks, which is to make these high holidays your best ever. And I hope to present a number of different subjects on each of these dates to help us prepare for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, especially this year. And I'm very grateful to you for joining, and I look forward to being able to share this time over the next few weeks with you. I just want to repeat a detail that uh, I shared on Facebook, and I will be sharing by email tomorrow, and that is, I may be the last person in the world to have learned this, uh, but it is a very easy thing to connect your device to your television. There's a very simple adapter that's easily available and with an HDMI cable, you simply connect. I can connect my iPhone to my television and um, I could watch myself life-size if I wanted to. Um, I would probably choose to watch somebody else, but whatever you wanna watch, any Zoom session or video or YouTube, uh, it's very easy to, to, to watch it on your television. Um, and there are a few different ways to do it. In the email that I'm sending tomorrow, I'll have the exact instructions. Okay. The Jewish calendar is not just a way for Jews to mark time. The Jewish calendar is also a textbook. It's a source of lessons about every aspect of life. And we are currently experiencing one of the most important lessons that our calendar teaches, a lesson that is relevant all year long, but especially now. So we're approaching the high holidays with its heavy subjects of judgment and apologies and forgiveness. And this year with COVID, many of us are experiencing pain and loss and anxiety and uncertainty. And so our high holidays this year will not only be challenging in terms of logistics with or without our family, attending or not attending synagogue, indoors or outdoors, but much deeper than that. What will be our connection with God this year? Just as I am sure that God has many pointed questions for me, I have questions for God. Why is this happening to us? When will it get back to normal? What do you want of me now? But this one aspect of what we face now is not unique. Each of us throughout our lives has moments when we need to express to someone we love our questions, our expectations, and our disappointments. How can we do this more effectively? So I want to suggest to you, let's learn from how God does it. 
This month, the Jewish month before Rosh Hashanah, the month in which we now find ourselves, is the month of Elul. We blow the shofar in the synagogue every morning. We recite extra prayers in order to allow this month to prepare us for the challenges and the potential uplift of the High Holidays. Our rabbis teach us that the Hebrew word Elul is an acronym, and it stands for the words that are a quote from Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs, that can be paraphrased as, God loves us, and we love God. The first step for any hard conversation to effectively hold someone responsible for their actions, to express our expectations or our disappointments, the first step is for us to convince the other of our love for them. Only when they are convinced of our love beyond any doubt and convinced that we would only do what is best for them, only then can we say what, other, what otherwise might be sounding harsh and probably ineffective. But once we have expressed our love, once the other knows how much we love them, they are able to hear our words in a completely different and positive manner. Our calendar teaches us that the first steps that God takes before coming to us to judge us, to criticize us, to evaluate us, to hold us responsible. The first step that God takes before any of those heavy conversations is that God gives us a month to remind us of God's love for us. Anila dodi vidodi li, God loves us and we love God and we repeat that and experience it for this entire month. Only then, when we are assured of that, can we accept God's heavy words in the spirit that they are truly given. And that's the theme of one of the special prayers that we recite during this time. The prayer that we recite starting from Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month of Elul, every day now, morning and evening, and through this season till the end of Sukkos, Tehillim, Psalm 27. L'david Hashem ori v'yishi. Hashem is, God is my light and my salvation. Mimi'ira, who should I fear? Even if an army were to come up against me, I wouldn't be afraid. Even if there was a war that I was faced with, I would have trust in God. There's only one thing I ask of God. 
Let me live with you always. When there is a day of evil, a day of danger, you will shelter me. Even if my own father and mother, God forbid, were to forsake me, even then you, God, would gather me in. The love that you have for me, the love that you have for every one of us, is greater even than the love that a father and a mother has for their child. And so we say this paragraph of Tehillim every day because this is the theme. This is how we prepare. This is how we understand that if God is going to hold us responsible, if God is going to ask us these difficult questions, it's because of his love for us. And the truth is that this is a crucial lesson in every relationship. between husband and wife, between parents and children, between a community and its leaders. First, you must convince your listener that you genuinely love them and then gently start the conversation you need to have. That is what is reflected in the prayer L'David Hashem Ori that we say every day. I am sure that you have questions for God this year. Perhaps similar to mine, perhaps different. I can't promise that you'll find answers. Though I hope at least that you will find the strength to live with the questions. But I can promise you this. Our conversation with God will be substantially different if we spend this month, these days of the month of Elul, reminding ourselves of the lessons of Elul, that God loves us even more than a parent loves a child. I want to share with you something that is inspired by an essay by Shira Smiles. There's another psalm, another prayer that is central to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Psalm 24. It's a prayer that we repeat both during the day and the nighttime on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it contains these lines. This is an instruction to every one of us. Open up your gates. Open up your doors. Because then, the king of glory will approach. The two parts of the verse indicate that first we have to extend our effort to open the gates, to open the doors. 
And once we extend the effort to open the gates, then God comes to greet us. The instrument by which that preparation of opening the gates takes place, the instrument is the shofar. Shofar fills two separate, distinct roles. On Rosh Hashanah, there is a mitzvah to hear specific sounds of the shofar. But during the month of Elul, starting from the beginning of the month, and as I mentioned, every day this month, leading up to Rosh Hashanah, in the morning after davening in shul, we blow the shofar. The custom of blowing the shofar every morning in this month is different than the mitzvah of blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. There's a different function, a different goal. I mentioned just a few moments ago the word Elul, the name of this month, is the acronym Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li, God loves me and I love God. There's another less well-known acronym involved with this high holiday period. There's a verse of Pasuk in Amos, the prophet Amos. And the prophet tells us, Arye shoeg mi lo yira. When the lion roars, who is not filled with awe? When a lion roars, everyone trembles. Everything is filled with awe at that powerful sound. One of our great commentaries, known as the Shalah, writes that the word Aryeh, lion, which is spelled Aleph, Resh, Yud, Hey, is an acronym for the following words. Aleph, Elul, the month of Elul. Resh, Rosh Hashanah. Yud, Yom Kippur. Hey, Hoshanah Rabbah, the seventh day of Sukkos. In other words, Aryeh Shoeg encompasses this season. The roar of a shofar is to awaken us to the power of these days, the spiritual potential if we prepare for it. Because remember, in order to have that encounter with God and to have it be meaningful and deep, we have to open the doors in advance. We have to prepare for it. The roar of the shofar during this month of Elul should awaken us to open those doors in order that when Rosh Hashanah arrives, with it, Vayavo Melech HaKavod, the King of Glory God, arrives in our presence as well. The roar of the shofar during this month of Elul should prompt us to start asking questions. What do you want to say to God on Rosh Hashanah? What are you going to pray for for this year? What do you want to get out of these upcoming high holidays? How do you want to be different? How do you want to be better? 
by the time Simcha's Torah comes. These questions cannot start on Rosh Hashanah. If we walk into the synagogue, or we enter Rosh Hashanah, whether we're walking in the synagogue or not, and we start asking questions on that day, okay, it's better than never. But we need to start asking those questions now if we want Rosh Hashanah to be more meaningful. We have to open the gates in advance in order to truly welcome God. If we do our part, it will be meaningful. I want to share with you another insight into the practice that we have of blowing the shofar during this month of Elul. And this comes from a story which is a parable from the Dubna Magid, famous for his stories and his parables. So the story goes like this. There was a town and there was a supermarket. And the supermarket every day would take the cash that it collected from sales, let's say $10,000. It would take the cash and it would send the money by a messenger to deposit in the bank. So every day this messenger would take the bag filled with cash, about $10,000, go to the bank and deposit it every day. $10,000 deposit in the bank. There was a ganaf. There was a thief. And this ganaf wanted to rob the messenger. And every day he sees the messenger walking by with a bag he knows that it's filled with $10,000 and it's just eating him up. He, he wants to steal it. He needs to steal it. Every day, $10,000. Every day. If he could just steal it, he would have it. The problem is, he couldn't figure out a way how to do it. Because the bank was just a short walk down the block from the supermarket. And it was a short walk, and it's a busy street. So the Ganif keeps thinking to himself, how can I pull it off? How could I manage to steal the bag filled with money? One day he has a plan. Finally, he comes, with, he comes up with an idea. In the middle of the block, halfway between the supermarket and the bank, there's a tailor. So the Ganif goes into the tailor shop and he tells the tailor the following story. It's a false story, but he's a ganaf. This is the story he tells the tailor. He says, I work for a very, very wealthy and important man. And my boss wants to order the most expensive suit that you can make for him, a custom-made suit. He wants to order it from you. Taylor says, that's fantastic. Wonderful. Tell your boss to come in. I will measure him. I will make for him a suit like he has never had before. The most beautiful, perfect fitting suit he will ever own. The Ganav says, no, 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 you don't understand. My boss is not going to come in to see you because my boss is very wealthy. My boss is very busy. He does not have the time to come in to see you. 
So the tailor says, well, but, <laughs> okay, but, but how can I make a suit for him if I can't measure him? I've got to be able to take the measurements to make sure that the suit fits. So the God of thinks for a minute, pretends to think for a minute. He says, here's what we'll do. I'll stand here in your shop for a while. And I will watch the people passing by your window. When I see someone who is exactly the same size as my boss, I'll tell you, and you can ask that fellow to come inside and allow himself to be measured, and it'll be the same size. This way you'll be able to make a suit that fits my neighbor, my boss. Taylor says, that's a good plan. That's fine. So the Ganef is standing in the shop. He's looking out the window. He's watching people pass by. He waits until he sees the supermarket messenger walking by with his bag of $10,000. He calls out to the tailor, ah, you see that fellow? He's exactly the same size as my boss. Go ask him if he'll come in just for a minute and allow himself to be measured. In this way, my boss will get his suit. Taylor says, fine. The tailor goes out to this fellow. He says, listen, would you do me a favor? It'll just take a couple of minutes. Just come inside. I want to measure you. It's to make a suit for somebody else. You'll do me a favor. Please come inside. The messenger says, no problem. I have a couple of minutes. He says, I'll, fine, I'll do it. I'll, he comes inside. Messenger comes inside. He stands on top of a little platform. The tailor says to him, okay, I need you to take off your jacket and put on this sample jacket. This is a sample that I have, and I can measure the chest and the cuffs and the shoulders to see what needs to be taken in, what needs to be let out. And the messenger says, fine. The messenger puts down the bag that he's holding. He puts on the jacket that belongs to the tailor. And immediately the ganif grabs the bag, runs out of the store, and is running away with the money. The messenger says, Ganev, Ganev, somebody stole my money. And the messenger starts to run out of the store to go, to go uh, catch the thief, to catch the Ganev. But the tailor says, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. You're wearing my jacket. You can't leave. You've got my jacket. So the messenger is yelling, Ganev, Ganev, somebody stole my money. The tailor is yelling, you can't leave, you can't leave, you're wearing my jacket. And between the two of them arguing, the Ganef runs away and he escapes. And the Ganef escapes with $10,000. The Dubna Magad explains, what did the messenger do wrong? He should not have put down a bag that contains $10,000 for any reason even for a second. If you're holding something that is so valuable, you should not divert your attention from it for anything. Says the Dubna Magad, the shofar during Elul is a message to every one of us. Don't put down the bag. What you are carrying now, the job that you and I are involved in in these days leading up to Rosh Hashanah is so valuable 
It will affect not only this coming year, but the rest of our lives. It will affect the world. What we are able to accomplish through our diligence and effort in these days leading up to, to Rosh Hashanah during Elul, it is so valuable. Don't lose sight of it. Don't be distracted. Don't be caught up in, 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 in unimportant things. The most valuable thing in the world is in your hand. And the shofar is a reminder. Can you imagine if that messenger would have just had a reminder? Someone say to him, listen, it's a lot of money. Don't distract yourself for any reason. If he would have just had that reminder, he wouldn't have put it down. He wouldn't have lost everything. What we can accomplish in these days by preparing to meet God on Rosh Hashanah is so valuable. Don't put it down. Don't be distracted and lose it all. Remember how valuable these days are. And that's why we blow the shofar during the month of Elul. add one last word. Since I mentioned acrostics, I have one more that I heard from Rabbi Biederman. It's not only an acrostic, it's a little bit of rearranging the letters. The month of Elul is spelled in Hebrew Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. If you rearrange those letters, you could spell a new word, Lamed, Aleph, Vav, Lamed. And that word, Lamed, Aleph, Vav, Lamed, is an acronym for the phrase Lebedic, Unviter Lebedic. Rejoice, and then rejoice some more. Okay, it's a Yiddish acrostic, so you have to spell it in Yiddish. Okay, Lebedic, Unviter Lebedic. Our preparations for Rosh Hashanah have to be besimcha, have to be with a sense of joy and enthusiasm. And yes, it's heavy. And yes, there's a lot going on. But we have to work also on being besimcha, filled with joy, filled with excitement, filled with enthusiasm, looking forward to Rosh Hashanah. My friends, I want to wish you a wonderful evening, a great Shabbos, and a very special, happy, healthy, sweet, new year, Shana Tovah.